You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. So this morning we're going to talk about not where, but who. And I had a, a little uh, encounter with the Lord. I feel like this is such a revelatory time with the Lord. Do you guys sense that too? It's, it's, it's like he is downloading these things and you're not even looking for the download, but he's just giving it to you. And you're just working along or doing whatever you're doing. And then suddenly you're like, huh, I didn't know that. But thank you, Lord. I sure needed that today. But I was uh, spending some time with him the other morning. And uh, he started showing me how he has sent this. Uh, what I saw was a crowd of angels to go with us. And it was interesting because... Uh, you know, I don't really think a lot about angels, but I was kind of asking him what's going on there. And he's, he was telling me that this crowd of angels, and it looked like, has anybody been to New York City when it's really hustly and bustly and there's lots of people on the street, you can't hardly move? It was like that. They were so thick and around us. Um, and he says, where I am sending you, you will need this crowd of angels with you. And he said, it's not about the where, but the who, you know, so wherever he sends us is not about necessarily the place that we're going, but the people that we will encounter. And that's what I really want to talk about today. Um, you know, it's interesting just to listen to testimonies and, and every week I love hearing the testimonies because it, it encourages me and it helps me remember all the things that God is doing in everybody's life and not everybody shared. And we know that everybody here could give a testimony to what God is doing. And uh, we would be here all day, 24 hours a day, if we even began to list all the things that God has done for us. And I know uh, Pastor Karen was talking about that she was encouraging people to do gratitude lists. And every day, keep that gratitude list going because, of course, it helps us to stay focused on what we're grateful for, a grateful heart, and also all the things that God is doing. Because, you know, from day to day, we forget 
what God did yesterday because we're faced with today. And keeping that running list of, of what we're grateful for and all that he's doing kind of helps keep us centered every morning on, okay, Lord, you did so much yesterday and the day before and the day before. I'm living out of the movement of you making a way for me in what you've called me to do today. So um, I would just encourage you guys, if you don't do that, it's definitely a thought. Um, but I also want to talk about, so as we talk about the who, uh, there's a couple of things I want to share. So I want to talk about being in this house, our house, the gathering house, and we have our gathering web church and all of that, and being part of a community that we're a part of from, you know, we have connections, connections and connectivity in Phoenix and Newport Ritchie and Hudson and South Florida all over. <laughs> But when we're a part of a house, then what we do is we live out of the anointing of that house. And every house is different. You know, God has some houses that are called for certain missions. Uh, they have houses that are called, and I'm talking about churches, bodies. We're all one body, but we have a different calling. And our house is really called to... Uh, a kingdom purpose, which I'm not saying the other ones are. Just just hear me for a minute because I'm going to muffle through this a moment. But what I want to encourage you is our house is called to take the kingdom in a marketplace understanding. We are uh, people who are called in leadership. We are called in bringing breakthrough into people's lives. We're called to help raise people up to see the anointing God has called them into. We are really called as a voice for the Lord to help people not only encounter God, but step into the fullness that God has for them and help them to identify where is God taking you and how can we help you get to where you're supposed to go? Now, we aren't a house that goes out and feeds the homeless. We just don't. But we do partner with several people who, who that is their mission. Uh, we don't go evangelize on the street every day. But we do partner with those who do. And that's what makes the body full is that we're all doing and operating in what God has called us to do. When we're trying to be what someone else is, is, then it makes us struggle and be exacerbated. What do you call it? There we go. I need a choir preaching today, don't I? Well, you know, sometimes you're looking for that word and you can't quite get it in your brain. But, you know, what happens is we get frustrated because we're so, we're trying so hard to be like them, but we're not like them. We're like us. And God has anointed us for something very specific. And one of the things we have is we have a favor in finances. And everyone who comes into this house, their finances begin to shift because we have a favor in finances. And that favor in finances is sown into kingdom purposes that God has for us. So I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because... I want us to recognize and understand and be 
uh, grateful and thankful for what God has given us. You know, one of the other things that we carry is as a church body, we're filled with people that have wisdom and discernment, that have leadership anointings, that have that ability for entrepreneurship and businesses. We have a group of people that are visionaries and forerunners that can see ahead so they can begin to speak what God is doing in order for other people to be able to identify and to move with it. So it's interesting as you think about you, yourself, and your, in this family that you're in, you can start... I know what God's going to do is he's going to start reminding you of these ways that he's using you that you forget about because you do it all the time. It's part of your natural, uh, innate way that he's made you. So I want to encourage you in what you're doing to know that the Lord is, you know, it may not be easy all the time, but the Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. He surrounded you with people who will pray for you and will celebrate when you need celebration and will war when you need war. So there is a, just a wonder of God in this house and in your hearts. And I want to encourage you guys just to know that you're where you're supposed to be. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Until God opens the door for the next thing in your life. Amen. Okay. We're going to uh, go to Acts 26. We're going to start there. Because we're going to talk about this whole thought process about it's not necessarily where you're going. It's who God is sending you to. And sometimes on the journey, we forget there's people that are in our path as we journey. I remember when I was first uh, in management, uh, my boss told me, and for those who know me pretty well, you, you'll laugh because you'll be, yeah. My boss told me, he said, you know, Cindy, you can get us to the goal, but you leave a wake of bodies getting us there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? We're to the goal. The body counts high. So I had to learn in my very early years, I had to learn that it doesn't matter if you get there, if you killed everybody getting there, right? So we, we have to learn, yes, we have a journey that we're trying to get to, but God has all of these people in our way, right? Are helping us get there and we have to, help them get to where they're supposed to be on this process too. Y'all can laugh, but it is true. Met the goal. So Acts 26, we're going to start in verse 32. So Paul is a prisoner. He's been held captive. And uh, this is an interesting thing. And we're just going to spend a few minutes on that. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. So just hang on. The word of God will speak to you. 
Uh, it will nourish you. It will change you. Whenever the word of God is written, our soul longs for it. Our soul is starving for the word of God. It wants the feeding of the living word to go inside of us so that we can live out of what we have just consumed, right? Okay. <laughs> yes, it's true. Then Agrippa said to uh, um, Festus, this man might have been set free. He's talking about Paul if he had not appealed to Caesar. Now I'm going to stop there for a minute because Paul has been held prisoner and he has a way out. He has a way to get out of captivity. But in order to get out of captivity, he would have to give up the calling that God had given him. You know, sometimes we are faced with those easy way outs for the moment. But it will cost us later. Because the way that God has for us may not be the easiest route that we would like to take. It might be easier just to check out early. You know, when we were part of a church uh, in our earlier years, there was a season where I was miserable there. And it was miserable because I knew that I was, that my time there was done. But the timing to leave had not been completed. And I had to choose, are you going to be there and be unhappy because you're ready to move on? Or are you going to be there and serve with joy until God opens the next door? And I can't say that I ran through going, oh, I'm serving with joy. I had to continually die to what I wanted to do and what I wanted God to do in my timing and in my way in order to find joy in the place that I was, even though I knew that assignment was up. Sometimes we leave before we're done with the assignment because our flesh can't submit to what God has for us. If we don't finish and go all the way through, then what happens is we are left with part of it cut off. Because we haven't been faithful and completed the process that God had for us to begin with. And as I, you know, pulled myself together and decided that, uh, that yes, I'm here as long as I need to be here. And I'll do whatever needs to be done. First of all, it shifted my whole thought. Because no longer was I battling with... Uh, a bad attitude, but I was like, God, whatever you got, that's what I want. And was it perfect? No. Was I perfect? No. But I decided, I made that decision in my head that I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to do it till it's done. And it probably took probably two years maybe even a little longer to get through that process. But once I came to what the real timing of God to shift was, there was such joy and there was such wonder and such celebration as we were launched out to do what God had called us to do. If I had left early, 
there would have been bitterness and heartache and disappointment because I didn't complete the work. Because God had sent me not to a place, but to a people. And God was sending Paul not to get freedom from being a prisoner, but on a journey that involved people that needed Jesus and needed to see the display of his glory and his wonder. And if he would have checked out early, all of those people would have missed what Paul had been sent to do and to release over them. So our journeys are not always easy when it comes to people. Does anybody agree with that? It's true. We, you know, we would like to say that everybody we work with, everybody we live next to, everybody in our family is easy breezy because we're with Jesus. But honestly, everybody in our family, in our neighborhood, in our community, in our jobs, in our government, everybody that God sends us to is because God's got something for them from us. And honestly, probably for us from them. And it could be a lesson in patience. It could be a lesson in zip it up. Not a word. Just don't say anything. You know, it could be a lesson in they had such wisdom. And if I had been hard hearted and not willing to listen, then I would have missed what God sent them to speak to me about. So as we go on our journey every day, we have to realize that we live with our gas pedal pushed all the way down. We want it fast. We want it now. We want it perfect. We want it funded. We want people to do what they're supposed to do, at least what we think they're supposed to do. And we're glad to show them what we think they should do <laughs> or explain to them. But what our journey is, it's a journey of Patience is a journey of wonder. We wonder what God's doing. And then we see the wonder of God when we realize what he's done. You know, it's a journey of they're in our life or in our way or whatever for a reason and a season because God will get glory from it as long as we stay in pace with him. So that's basically the whole sermon. But we're going to read a little bit more scripture. But just, uh, you know, when you really think about this, it's all about the people. We can take the territory, but we can't take the territory without the people. For, uh, uh, chapter 27, verse 1. It says, And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to the one named Julius, a centurion, of Augustine, of the Augustan Regiment. So he is a prisoner. Uh, they were kind to him because he had the favor of the Lord. But we know when we have the favor of the Lord, there's still going to people be people that are not kind to us. But out of their lack of kindness, they will miss what we have to deliver. Our our call is not to react to what they're doing. Our call is to stay in tune with what God has called us to do for them. Amen.
verse 9 out of chapter 27. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because of the fast was over, talking um, was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, and not only of cargo and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. So we can have the word of the Lord, but there can be people that don't want the word of the Lord. But God doesn't necessarily pull us out of that situation. Paul wasn't supernaturally lifted off the ship because they weren't listening to him. He was kept in the wakes of danger because he was going to be the solution for them so that there would be no loss of lives. We want to hit the eject button before it's time. And God wants us to be persevering in the assignment which he's given us. Persevering in it. Because you will see the glory of the, God, of the Lord through you in the perseverance of the assignment. That is good, God. You know, sometimes when you think about how God weaves all this together, you're like, I didn't understand it, but now I'm in the middle of it. I get a glimmer of what you're doing, and I cannot wait to see how you're going to unfold the rest of it in order for me to achieve the purpose that you had intended me to have. And it will be grand and it will be amazing because God will be glorified through you as you walk out the purposes that he's given to you. It's, it's a wonder. You think, why would he use us as he says, stiff-necked people? Because he slowly massages that stiff neck out of us where we become these pliable people and we cannot wait to that next honorary one you send me because I'm just going to be so much love for them. They are not going to be able to stand it. I hear that laughing. Because we need an anointing for that. We may do an impartation for that at the end. But it is true. It, it is so true. I don't actually know where we were, but... Um, we're just going to start somewhere. 2711. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, we read that, the centurion. Okay. So we're going to skip over to um, uh, verse 21. So they're, they're, on, they're on the ship. There is this huge storm that they are going through. They are having to offload things because the weight is too much you know when you're going through the storm there are going to be things you cannot take with you there's going to be things that you you used to use in the times of storm but God is wanting to equip you with new things he is wanting to equip you with things and solutions we worked on that spiritual intelligence quite a bit that you could have not thought of if you had stayed in your same mindset that you had a month ago we're going to be faced with things that we've, we're faced with things right now that I never heard of when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, we didn't lock our doors. We all played outside. And when it went, when it got dark, we all came home. 
there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any other solution. We came in for lunch, but we couldn't stay in and watch TV. We had to go back out and play. My mom's like, you are not spending the day in here. Get out. Come back when it's dinner time. And then go back out and come back when it's time for bed. <laughs> there were five kids. My mom was like, yeah, no. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it, even in our day-to-day, -day, in working and just communicating with uh, life, we are encountering things that we have no baseline for. And part of it is there is such a demonic stronghold happening right now that we look at things and we think it doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense is because it's demonic. And you can't understand, make demonic movements logical in your mind. What they do is they're, they're in a fence to your mind because you have the mind of Christ. So when you see those things coming, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And what we're seeing, we're seeing the demonic manifest in the natural. So we're having to do a little bit more warfare in order to discern what the heck is he up to because it's causing chaos around me. And that, that is something that as, as, as the people of God, we're, we've had to work hard on. Because it says that the enemy will look like an angel of light and will create confusion around you because you're looking saying, why am I looking at this? And in my natural eyes, it looks okay. But in my spirit, all the bells and whistles are going off. All the alarms are happening. We're having to do much more discernment in a spiritual realm against what is happening in the natural right before our very eyes. And it's work. And it's, we've got to stay close to Jesus in order to have that little nudge of, you know that ain't right. What you're seeing isn't right. So the question is, Lord, what do I do to either dismantle or hold it up, hold it at bay until the full solution comes? So as you battle through storms, we have to understand that the warfare we did 10 years ago is not the warfare that we're doing right now. It's much, much different. Much, much different. Okay, we're going to go back to, uh, I don't know, verse 22 maybe. I'm just, 21. No, 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 you're going to keep me on, on task here. Okay. I just feel like God has such a word and an impartation for us today. And um, we're going to pray at the very end. Okay, verse 21, it says, But after a long absence from food, so they were hungry, Paul stood up in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. That's always good. That always helps people feel better about themselves. If you'd only done what I'm told. I'm not sure how well that works. And have not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart. Because you've moved forward in a way you shouldn't. I'm about to release encouragement over you that's going to move you through and keep you from losing your life for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship for there stood by me this night an angel of the lord of god 
whom I belong and whom I serve. So remember, there is a mass of angels being released right now to operate with you. Whether you see them or not, they are operating in our midst. Saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who have sailed with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that God will be just as it was told. However, we must run aground in a certain island. So they go through uh, running aground. And first, they're going to kill all the prisoners. But because of Paul's favor, the other prisoners are saved because of Paul. And because God said, Paul has a mission and it's going to be complete. So understand that you may be the one that keeps disaster from occurring around you because of the assignment that God has for you. And you are carrying that protection for the others that are with you. I feel like God wants to say something else on that, but we're just going to keep moving forward. Um, He does. Okay, so let me just talk about that for a minute. Because we don't see ourselves as the encapsulation of God walking around. And we don't see ourselves as because you're where you are in your job, the people around you are benefiting from your favor, from your anointing, from your calling. Because God's going to complete the work in you in order for you to carry out the mission of the kingdom. So everyone who is around you gets splashed with the presence of God because you are carrying it and completing what God has called you to do. And he will finish the good work he began. So we forget that we are the living representation of Christ on this earth with whoever, whomever he has us in the presence of. Whether foe or friend, God has a response to whoever's around us. And if you're getting harassment, if you're getting attacks, if you're getting those arrows against you or the lack of cooperation around you, then rise up and take your authority as Paul did and release what God has given you for those who will come against you. And it may be a prayer in your closet in the spirit Binding everything that's coming against you. It may be a prayer over them to loose what is binding them so they can encounter the presence of God. I don't know what God's going to do. And usually we won't know till that moment what he's going to do. We just have to be open to praying over, declaring, taking the authority and releasing it into every environment we go into. Because the people will benefit from our anointing. They will. They'll benefit from it. Amen. Verse 33. 
It says, and as the day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food so they could eat. Uh, this is the 14th day and you have waited and continued without food and have eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment for this, uh, for this is your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. You know, it's interesting as we talk about that, what God has spoken over us will happen to us. And when we get into these situations, we have to remember and declare what God has already spoken because it is what he has said that he will do. And it's when we get into that vacillation period and just debating and I got to know you said this, but you know, this is my situation. It is that's when we have to step in and say, no, my mind wants to debate this. But my spirit has already received its instructions. I know what I'm supposed to do. So mind, you have to submit to the will of God. Lingering thoughts, you have to submit to the will of God. Doubt, you have to submit to the will of God. And we have to cast down every argument that sets itself up against what God has spoken over us. And that's a battle. Sometimes our biggest battle is us uncertain about what's going to happen next, unsure if we're going to have the victory through this. And part of that unsureness is because our victory looks like this, but God's victory looks like this. So we've got this whole box completely laid out. Remember those, uh, uh, what were they called? Diran Diran those dioramas that we used to do as kids. And uh, we had everything all figured out. Well, God sees everything we have figured out. And he's like, let that go so I can release the fullness of the answer over you. Because your answer is so small and incomplete. If I go with your plan, you're never going to get where I have you to go. If you go with my plan, you'll go far beyond exceedingly more than you can ever imagine or dream. Ephesians 3.20. You'll go way beyond. And you'll look back and say, thank you, God, for not using my plan. Because it was terrible. It looked great. I thought it was the best thing ever. But yours was so much better. Thank you, God. I'm so glad he has skipped my plan so many times. Like I said, I always have ideas for him, but then I'm like, whatever you think, we'll go with that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So anyhow, they're on Malta. They, they uh, you know, they're shipwrecked. And here becomes the display. You know, God, the people on the boat have seen the glory of God as they ate and they were saved and not one of them died. So they saw the glory of God. They get to Malta, and here comes another display of the glory. Remember, Paul wasn't sent to Malta. He's sent to Rome. But on his way, he has to go see an island that needs to encounter the physical manifestation of God so they can be transformed and find salvation because Paul carried the word of the Lord for them. You carry the word of the Lord for others. You are the carrier of his glory. Ver, uh, chapter 28, verse 1. Now when they had escaped, 
they then found out that the owl was called Malta. The owl was called Malta. And the natives showed them unusual kindness. For they had kindled a fire and made us welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging on his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man's a murderer. We all have opinions of others. And our initial opinion is not always accurate, right? So we have to remember to give some space and grace for the people God is showing us. Whom through he had escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. There was the glory of God. He should have died. There was the sign and the wonder that began to open the hearts of the people to receive the salvation of Jesus in that moment. And he goes on to not only not dying from the, from the snake bite, but he also prays over the king of the island. The king gets healed and then every person on the island got healed. The glory of God need to visit the Isle of Malta. And it was done through a shipwreck with not one loss of life. And the whole island got to see the sign and wonder of Jesus. Amen. That is so good, isn't it? That is so good. So I'm going to end with this scripture. It's Mark 16, 14 through 20. That is good. You know, if you look back on your journey and you think about the people uh, that you've encountered that you've made a favorable God impression on, you're like, yay. You think about there might be a few dozen or two that you made an unfavorable, non-God impression on. God, change our hearts that when we're faced with the opposition, we release what you have, not what we think. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. Amen. Okay, if you guys will stand. I'm just going to read this over us. We're going to pray. We're going to receive this as our impartation. It's Mark 16, verse 16. Oh, yes, verse 14. It said, later he appeared to the 11, as they said at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. We already had confession, so we took care of that earlier, right? So that's already taken care of for us. Um, and then in verse 15, and I just want to pray this over us. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We've been taught that preaching the gospel means that we're pastors and we're going to stand on street corners. We preach the gospel by who we are. And we release what God has given us, right? He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these will be the signs who follow those who believe. So just stick out your hands. We're just going to impart this into all of us. These are the signs that are going to follow you guys, right? That in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up servants. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 
God, according to your word, we receive that impartation and that we're not concerned about where you're sending us. We're going to be faithfully attentive to who you send us to. And God, just thank you that you are with us, that your words will be clear to us, and that our flesh won't respond to them, but our spirit will embrace what you want to give them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.